0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Welcome to the RotoWire Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, James Anderson. Uh, today, we are going to do our June mailbag episode. We've been doing these every Wednesday, the final, final Wednesday of every month, I should say. And once again, really uh, appreciate all the thoughtful questions that you guys sent in to me on Twitter this morning. Uh, very much appreciate it. I know it's kind of the the dog days of summer and there'll be no shortage of questions on next month's mailbag episode because that'll be uh, come in directly after a massive update to the top 400 prospect rankings. So uh, before to ch- be, be sure to check that one out, but really appreciate all the questions you guys sent in this week. Uh, I did get some questions about when the prospect rankings are getting updated. Uh, I've tried to make this as clear as possible, but they, there will be a huge update after the draft. It's just kind of, you know, it's kind of impossible for me to do both of those things at once and do a good job on both of those things so i'm really in the weeds in draft prep mode right now uh and then after the draft uh probably about a week to 10 days after the draft there'll be a big update to the prospect rankings but then there will be basically monthly updates from there there'll be a, a big update at the end of august there'll be a big update at the end of the regular season and so that should, should keep you guys, uh, uh, up to date in terms of, you know, who's moving up, who's moving down. Uh, I'd also recommend checking out the prospects live, uh, mock MLB draft tonight that I'm participating in. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, you might be able to still tune into it while it's alive. Otherwise I'm sure they're going to post it up on YouTube after that. Uh, but, uh, let's, let's get to the, let's get to the questions. Let's get to the, the mailbag, uh, First question here is from PFBL Dodgers, and he wants to know uh, what I see this, uh, what or what I think the reason is for Nick York's struggles so far this season. Um, he asks if he's still catching up after his injuries. Did we have too high of expectations after last year? Uh, so you know, maybe I in hindsight, I maybe ranked him a little bit too high coming into the year, but on the whole, I'm, I'm really not concerned at all. Um, I'd recommend following Chris Clegg, uh, uh, who works for Fantrax, but he's also been kind of covering the high a Greenville beat, uh, kind of the Nick York beat almost for Sox prospects. And, uh, you know, the injuries are, are, were definitely an issue. Um, I think he dealt with the turf toe and uh, like a maybe a back issue. Um, but I don't. I I would be buying low wherever you can on Nick York. I'm still a, a full believer in him, so I wouldn't expect to see him, uh, you know, fall drastically uh, on next uh, the next update. Uh, Ryan Winshittle wants to know uh, if. Jackson, where Jackson Churio is going to move up on the next update, um, you know, I think he's he's basically worth as much to me right now as the number one pick in a in a first year player draft for next year, which for me is is probably Drew Jones. I, I would be valuing those two similarly. Uh, you know, I think that's that's to me roughly 15th overall on the top 400. Uh, I still like Jordan Lawler more if we're just talking about uh, top performing single A hitters. Uh, and then Dan wanted to know if Jackson Trurio is getting, um, or if if we're concerned about the the strikeout rate, a uh, 28.7% strikeout rate, 7.4% walk rate at, at low A. And then he wanted to know just kind of what is the threshold for an acceptable K rate in the lower levels. Uh, you know, the, that would be a concerning strikeout rate for sure if he were, say, a 20 year old or 21 year old at low A. Uh, but high 20s to me is, is fine if you're the youngest hitter at a level and you've got uh, a power speed game that, that Trurio has. And so, you know, the fact that he's still uh, younger than some high schoolers who are going to get taken in, in this upcoming draft. And is doing this much damage at low A, it's it's not that big of a red flag. I mean, if if he were doing all this and the strikeout rate was like sixteen percent or something, then we'd probably be talking about him as top ten, top eight prospect, something like that. But um, you know, the the guys that have the the power speed combo and are doing just a, a ton of damage and are the youngest players in their league they get a bit more leeway with the the strikeout rate i think um kind of for for obvious reasons there uh Dub wanted to know uh what i'm advising with anyone who has adley in keeper leagues with limited roster spots uh i would just be i would just be plugging uh adley into your active lineup i mean if you've if you've also got Will Smith or, or Dalton Barshow or something in a, in a one-catcher league, then uh, maybe trade somebody, but Adley is easily a top 10 catcher rest of the season for me. He's been uh, everything he was supposed to be, basically, over the last few weeks, two weeks. Um, like I, I recently traded Adley for Tyler Anderson straight up in a 14-team uh, redraft league with Seven-man benches where I would lost Salvador Perez, so I'm I'm very uh, excited to roster Adley right now in basically any format. I think he's a top, you know, six or seven catcher rest of the season. Uh, and he plays he plays a ton, uh, which is great. Uh, Patrick wants to know how uh, I'm feeling about Dustin Harris. Uh, there was a ton of hype on him last year, and he hasn't heard this much this that much this year. I think the reason you haven't heard much is because he's basically doing exactly what anyone should have hoped he'd be doing. He hasn't been any better than expected. He hasn't been any worse than expected. So, uh, just kind of you know picked up where he left off last year, um, showing some power, uh, hitting the ball uh, on a line a ton. I mean, I, I still like Harris a lot. He hasn't ascended into like being a top twenty prospect um, this year, but that that's fine uh stone wants to know if austin hendrick and his 40 percent k rate is scary are you still holding on uh you know still holding on is 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 a little strong for a, a guy that i had ranked 376 on the last update i mean i'm, I'm that was kind of just a you know this guy's pedigree is is really good i don't want to bump him off the list just yet type of ranking but i'm pretty close to writing hendrick off as a guy that you need to to pay attention to uh for most dynasty leagues i mean the the swing and miss is just a, a massive problem for him and that was one of the fears when he was when he was drafted uh and then stone also wanted to know if if nick Bitsco was worth a flyer uh, and then he cited that he's got, you know, bad stats in rookie ball after the, the shoulder surgery. Uh, I actually I was stashing or I was rostering Bitsko as a flyer in uh, in a dynasty league. Just I mean, the upside is off the charts with him uh, after he got cleared to, to resume uh, pitching. I, I scooped him up. Then I dropped him like after after he struggled. But uh, that said, I, I mean, I noticed his last time out was by far his best outing. So maybe he is, you know, still flyer, uh, material. I mean, back in that draft, I liked bitsco's stuff and upside more even than like Mick Abel. Uh, but the, I mean, health issues have just been uh, a big time hindrance to that. But, uh, now that he's healthy pitching, he's coming off his best start. Uh, I know when we had Nate, I had Nate Handy on, uh, a couple episodes ago, or I think actually I was just texting with Nate Handy and, uh, we were just kind of talking about how a lot of pitching prospects are only as good as their last start basically. And uh, I think that, you know, that's too simplified, but I do think that's largely something that you should be looking at. Like if you're looking at a, a pitching prospect, I would not go to a pitching prospects fan page and just be like, Oh, this is how he's done this year. I would look at his game log and, uh, you can do that on on and just look at the the game log and and see what they've been doing over the last four starts, or over the last five starts, or whatever, and that that'll give you a better sense of of things because these guys are just changing uh, so rapidly even in season. So I think the fact that Bitsco is coming off a nice outing, I think I would definitely I would suggest grabbing him as a as a flyer, especially in deeper leagues, because he does have uh, ace level upside, even if he's just you know still a ten out of ten risk wise. Uh, Ulysses wants to know the long-term outlook for Michael Massey, who's a second baseman in the Royal system. He's up at AAA now. Um, yeah, I mean, Massey's a big lift and pull guy. It's, it's working well for him right now. Uh, I'd, I'd always been a bigger Nick Lofton guy in that system because I thought Lofton had the better hit tool. He probably still does. And I thought Lofton had more defensive versatility, a chance to be a threat on the bases. Uh, he he still has those edges over Massey, but uh, Massey's getting dude, the game power uh, right now, and he's the one at Triple A. Lofton's still at the Double I believe. Uh, it's it's still a little crowded there in Kansas City. Uh, they seem to just have a few too many guys, even though you know we don't expect all those guys to be good, but. Uh, for a second baseman like that, you know, you kind of need to have that clear path in there. Um so I don't I don't know if that happens this year, maybe he gets a look in spring big league spring training and maybe he gets that shot sometime next season, but um there's there's like a thin there's a thin margin for error with a guy like Massey where it's, you know, it's second base, uh he he doesn't really work the count a ton. Uh so he really needs to Hit for a decent average, get to that power in games. Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't go overboard on on Massey, even though he is performing well as a, as an older player at Triple A. Um, Ulysses also wanted to know uh, about Isteri Ruiz and uh, does he get the call? If so, how do his video video game numbers translate to MLB pitching? Uh, I mean, it's just a it's a big unknown. I mean, the, I think he will get the call. I don't. I mean, the the Padres. I wouldn't expect them to just leave at A all all summer, but it's it's really tough to say how he's going to translate against MLB pitching because I mean he's he's in the PCL right now. Um, I I do think that he is extremely interesting just because of the game we play, the five by five roto game specifically. Like in in points leagues, he's he's much less interesting, um, but he does have the potential to be a 40 plus steal guy in the majors and maybe even steal more bases than that. So, I mean, I think he's just such a tough guy to rank. Cause I don't think any ranker feels uh, that confident that he's going to be a, like, I, I would probably take the under on him being like a, a true league average hitter in his first full season in the big leagues. Uh, but, as long as he's playing every day, and I think he's been good enough this year where he, he probably gets a chance to play every day for them. Then the the steals will add up and, and he's, he's not a zero power guy. So um, I think he gets the call this season and the, the speed should at least translate Uh Beerbot wants to know uh, how many starts do we need to see before uh, force Whitley gets a big push up the rankings. He, he notes that he looked good in his last outing. Uh you know you know I can't wait to push Force Whitley back up uh the rankings. Uh just uh really great to see him come back like this. Uh I think I on a few episodes ago, maybe a couple months ago, I kind of compared Whitley to maybe the pitching version of uh Royce Lewis before Royce Lewis had the other injury. Uh, We're just like, who knows what we're going to get from this guy in terms of performance this season, but he still has the the ceiling is still there. And so if Whitley just keeps stacking good starts, I mean, he's got another, you know, four weeks before I submit the next big update to the the top 400 rankings. Like if he just keeps stacking good starts, uh, you're going to see Whitley pretty high uh, because I've always just been uh, enamored with Whitley's upside. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that actually might be out there in some some dynasty leagues, so you might want to scoop him up. Uh, Aaron, who I play in a couple dynasty leagues with, wanted to know if Dom Fletcher for Arizona, Dominic Fletcher for Arizona is someone on my radar. Uh, I, you know, he's obviously, he's on, he should be on everyone's radar just based on the performance this year at AA and AAA, but I still think there's some significant uh, quad A risk with Dom Fletcher, and I think he's a great sort of test case for uh, discussing the the hitter friendly conditions that Diamondbacks hitting prospects play in in the upper levels. Uh, uh, someone on Twitter brought this up to me and was kind of arguing passionately that you know we should dial back the excitement about Corbin Carroll because he plays in Amarillo, <clears throat> which is a, a an extremely hitter friendly park. And Corbin Carroll has those those home road splits. But I think Dom Fletcher is much more the type of prospect where you start weighing those conditions, those hitter friendly conditions, because um, he was not a guy like it's uh, Dom Fletcher was not ranked coming into the year. He's older. He did not have a a long track record of being this type of hitter. I mean, he'd been kind of league average, like he'd, he'd done some things, but. Uh, when a guy like that sort of pops up and is putting up these these massive numbers with significant home road splits, and they play in a park like Amarillo when he was at Double A, and now he's in the PCL, uh, just a lot of kind of indicators to me of a potential Quad A guy. So you know I, he's probably going to be ranked on the next update, uh, top twenty prospect in the the Diamondback system, I think. Probably someone who gets a shot here at some point but again they've kind of got a crowded outfield situation like i think jake mccarthy deserves um a shot like an, another shot uh they just they have a lot of guys they have a lot of mouths to feed there um corbin carroll obviously is going to be the long-term center fielder uh alec thomas is obviously locked in there uh, they're, they're going to need to have a spot for dalton varsha when he's not catching so it's pretty crowded for Fletcher. Uh, Joey day clerk wants to know if Colin Barber in the Astro system is going to be moving up the rankings and he wants to know like how I view him. Uh, again, this actually, this is, I didn't do this on purpose, but another one where we, we should look at the, the home park uh, at basically every hitter, at high a for the Astros that I, that I can remember kind of coming across this year has video game numbers. And that's because they play their home games in Asheville. And uh, Colin Barber has a 685 OPS on the road. And this isn't, you know, he's not a pop-up guy like Colin Barber was, has been on the top 400 in in the past. He's someone I've rostered in dynasty leagues in the past. I mean, the tools are legit uh, good pedigree and everything like that. So, He's a, he's a prospect for sure. He's not a guy who like this year, what he's doing, thanks to Asheville has him just shooting up the rankings or anything like that though. Uh, Alex Hoffman wanted to know about Sedan Rafaela with the Red Sox. Uh, what do I view his future as and how much will he move up the rankings? Um, rafael is a, a tough guy uh from I'm, I'm kind of on the fence i mean he he's he's earned being a top 100 prospect at this point certainly uh but he's got the you know he's got the super low walk rates really aggressive uh, approach uh but on the other hand he's he's athletic he's got bat speed he's got a knack for barreling the ball uh could provide defensive value up the middle so he, he checks a lot of boxes but I do kind of, I you know, when I watch video of him, I do sort of see uh, just a, a very aggressive hitter, and, and sometimes that translates. I mean, he has he has the bat speed you'd want for that type of profile. Sometimes it just leads to a guy uh, really falling flat in the in the upper levels, uh, like AAA, big leagues, that type of thing. So, uh, I would he's a guy that I'd probably be trying to sell high on at some point this season. Maybe you just let him kind of keep building up those double A numbers and then you sell high. But uh, if someone's willing to value uh, Rafaela as like a top 30 prospect or anything like that, I would I'd probably cash him out just because I'm, I'm not, not sold on the approach. Um, but I mean, he he's a, he's a top 100 prospect for sure. Uh, Alex also wanted to know, who are two or three other prospect evaluators you trust the most and dynasty players should follow? Uh, that's a very, you know, uh, there's a lot, there's many more than two or three. Um, I love chatting uh, like off- offline, like texting with, you know, like Jeff, Jeff Ponce, uh, baseball, America, uh, Dylan white of uh, prospects live, Jesse Roach, at uh, Baseball prospectus. I think those guys do a really good job of kind of combining the the eye test and the the stats, and they've got they've got really good takes on things. Also, uh, you know, you should you should be listening to Chris Welsh's Prospect One podcast. It's probably my, my favorite prospect podcast. to Listen to actually, it's the only one I, I listen to uh, with with any regularity. Um, Mike Sheets, who uh ran away with tout wars draft and hold my first year in in tout wars uh wants to know if i'm still as high on on brian rocchio uh with the guardian guardians as i was uh before the season uh i'm i'm probably going to be pretty stubborn on on rocchio i know like i've had you know dozens of people probably ask me you know is is he a faller is he someone that you should drop for this guy or that guy like you know you can do whatever you want like if if you're not buying Rokio, then I'm I'm not going to say you, you have to hold him. Uh, I don't think he'll move outside the top 50 on the next update. Uh, I still don't really see any major red flags. Um, you know, he's actually like he's he obviously uh, was great last year at double A. He's back at double A. He's 21 years old he's four months younger than sedan rafaella who just got the bump up to double a so like he's just he was so far ahead of schedule after last season um I just don't think there's a there's not enough here to me to to really react in a in a major way obviously his trade value probably uh down quite a bit but I would be – he's another guy. Him and him and Nick York, I'm going to be pretty stubborn on. I would be trying to buy low on those guys. Uh, Artur Dominguez <clears throat> wants to know when I expect Uri Perez and Daniel Espino to get called up. Uh, he threw out spring 2023. And then what are, what's my long-term outlooks for them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think spring 2023 is – very pinpoint in terms of if if they're both healthy, I think that's absolutely in play. Uh, Espino, I think, has the better pure stuff, but I also kind of get more injury risk vibes from him. But I mean, I, with with either guy, like if you're thinking about trading them, if you're thinking about trading for them, uh, just just kind of assume that they're going to have Tommy John surgery at some point in the next five years if they don't then great like you dodged a major bullet but like i would i would just kind of assume that that's going to happen and you probably miss about two years worth of production from that uh i also assume that they're both going to be really awesome i don't see a ton of performance risk there with with those guys uh with perez and Espino. um but I mean, now is now is not the time to go trading for those guys. I've I've heard of some trades you guys have made for those guys, and they're they're overpays. Um, you're you're paying for you're paying for something that you're you're kind of dreaming about happening, like a kind of a fairy tale situation with those guys, and uh, that could happen for for a time. But I mean, like you, you shouldn't be trading like Jordan Walker, or Jordan Lawler for those guys, um, Matt. Uh, M Fest uh, wanted to piggyback off the Espino question and ask what range of prospect bat you would move him for. Uh, I think you got to aim high, and I think you got to wait until Espino is back in game action. He's still coming back from that knee issue. Um, you know, I think i would like i would aim as high like i I, i've heard of people trading like jordan walker for uri perez so i would i would go after the you know jordan lawler jordan walker miguel vargas jackson churio uh can you get the number one first year player draft pick for for espinho and and take drew jones can you get ellie de la cruz i would probably rather roll the dice on ellie de la cruz uh but, like if you if you can't get just a, a blue chip guy you're super excited about, I think you just you hold. Um, at some point, you'll be able to get something like that and uh, unless you know blow out their elbow. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't just trade him just to trade him because he's a pitcher. I mean, you got to hold out for, for what they're worth. Uh, Matt wants to know if Davison de Los Santos uh, with the dimebacks is past guys like James Wood, uh triantos kevin alcantara uh he's he's past triantos uh but i don't think he's past wood or alcantara i think they're those guys are all really good and i think wood and alcantara have uh, more well-rounded skill sets with similar power potential uh, ross red is there anything or is there something going on with James Triantos' swing that is preventing him from hitting for power, or is it uh, a park thing? I uh, cites Myrtle Beach being a tough place to hit. It it is. I mean, I think you can look at the swing. Uh, he's using the whole field, and he's only hitting 25% fly balls. So that's just not a recipe for much game power when you're a 19-year-old. If you're, you know, he could Triantos could. Could, um compromise his hit tool and just try to pull and lift everything and he'd have way more than two home runs right now but that might have actually hurt his prospect value because the hit tool might not look as good so i think the power will come for Triantos. uh Tool-Z asked about ricky tiedemann uh am i expecting his rise to continue am i pushing him up my rankings um I'd go back and uh, I'd listen to that uh, Toolshed podcast I did with uh, Eric Cross and Chris Welsh from a couple weeks ago. You should be able to find that if you, you search for that on Twitter. Uh, I On that podcast, I basically said, and I think I tweeted out afterwards, I think Tiedemann's basically a top 10 pitching prospect at this point. He's trending way up. I mean, he's kind of He's the, the lefty version, you know, of kind of following in the Espino-Uri Perez footsteps, you know. I mean, it's that similar type of upside. Uh, tools, he also wanted to know, is it time to cut Akil Badu in a 16-team dynasty where about 10 prospects are owned uh, per team? Uh, yeah, I think that's that's totally fine. Uh, I mean, you don't have to cut Akil Badu, but i If you cut Akil Badu and I was in that league, I wouldn't rush out to pick him up. All right, let's head to a quick uh, message from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Okay. Uh, Dan wants to know if I still, f- or he says he still feels like we're not talking enough about Asturio Ruiz and Gunnar Henderson and what's keeping them out of the top 10. Uh, well, I, those, are, those are probably the two most talked about prospects that I see people talking about on on my Twitter feed and maybe with the exception of like Vinny Pascantino. So I don't know if I buy the premise that they're not being discussed enough, but the only thing keeping Gunnar Henderson out of the top 10 is I haven't updated my rankings yet. Uh, he He's a easy top 10 guy for me at this point. Um, you know, maybe, maybe even top five. Lister um, Ruiz, kind of touched on him a little earlier but he's more kind of like a borderline top 10 guy uh i compared him to jonathan vr on last week's pod and uh that's you know for good and for ill like vr was vr had a season where he's a top 10 uh, fantasy player ruiz could easily have a season where he's a top 10 fantasy player but uh, i don't think it's a slight to take a guy like ruiz who was unranked coming into the year and say he's just a borderline top 10 guy at this point after less than three months. Uh, Robert Mershak, a uh, friend of the show, uh, co-manages some teams with my, my old partner, Ian Khan. Uh, he wants to know uh, how I look at older prospects, such as David VR with the giants and JJ um, meta with the Astros when trying to find the next max Muncie type without much prospect pedigree. Uh, this is, yeah, this is kind of a, a dark art that is very imprecise and very difficult to sort of pinpoint, like finding the next max Muncie. Um, you know, you're going to be wrong more than you're right. I think the, the main things you're looking for are just extreme plate skills. Uh, you want the walk rate to be, you know, over 12% probably. Uh, you want the strikeout rate to be under 20%. So you want them to just have total command of, of the count uh, or of, of the, the at bat, I should say. And you can look back at Max Muncie's numbers in the upper levels and that, that's, that's right there. Um, you also want the 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 hard hit data should be off the charts, I, I think, especially if they're at at AAA. Um, so that to me, that kind of rules out uh, uh VR is a bit more interesting. Uh, he'd be a, more interesting, I think, if he were traded because he's a right-handed hitter. So you got to worry about him being short side platoon with the Giants at least early on. He's also got a twenty-eight percent K rate and he's twenty-five years old. So. Um, you know, you you want you kind of almost want <clears throat> now. Vinny Pasquantino isn't a Max Muncie type because he, uh, you know he he's been someone that people have been talking about for for a while now. Um, people were awaiting his debut. I don't think anyone was awaiting Max Muncie's big league debut, but uh, you kind of you want the plate skills to be about as good as what Pasquantino had. Um, you can maybe have a higher strikeout rate, but and then we have the Road to our Hard Hit data for prospects. I'd go check that out under uh, batted ball uh, stats i think under prospects and you want you want that hard hit rate to be nice and green uh you know mid 30s uh john dobos uh cj abrams are we worried about his mlb at bats or is he just adjusting to mlb uh the latter not not worried about cj abrams um marco luciano is he going to get promoted to double a soon uh he hasn't played in about a month with a back strain, so um no, nothing really to see there. Uh and he wants to know if I'm still high on Pedro Leon, possible ETA. Uh I think I'm I'm vindicated on my power speed projection on Pedro Leon, but uh, the hit tool hasn't really come along the way I hoped. And I don't really see them throwing him to the Wolves this year, just given I, I just I think he'd fall flat. So I think the the path with Leon is you probably you know you hope that he makes a ton of noise in big league spring training next year, and maybe then uh, we we sort of see a path to him uh, joining that lineup. Uh, but the Astros might also kind of tell us you know how much he's in the plans based on any roster moves they make and whether center field is open for him. Uh uh the last question from from John is uh Caleb Killian, Chase Silseth, Reed Detmers, are we holding or dropping in Dynasty? Uh I'd I'd honestly like to hold all all three. Uh you know, depend all all of this always depends on like what quality of, of guy are you picking up for them. Um, you know, Eno and I have Silseth in uh, Devil's Rejects Dynasty. We haven't dropped him yet. We've been close to dropping him a couple times. Um, I am not quitting Reed Detmers at all in Dynasty. I just think there's no there's no explanation to me. I mean, I maybe it was like a spider tech type of thing, but th- like there's no reason that his his off-speed stuff can't get back to where it was last year i mean i think that's the main thing holding him back and you know for as as kind of up and down and mostly down it was this year for detmers i mean there's still some positives to take away i mean he had a he had a whip that was way better than league average which is uh pretty hard to do when you're missing as few bats as he was so Uh, I think Detmers, you know, you, we, we want to keep tabs on him next year in spring training, maybe even later this season, see how the stuff looks, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely holding Detmers and then, uh, Killian, um, you know, I think he's, he's in just such a good situation that that Cubs rotation, it's going to be wide open for him, still a great division to pitch in, um. The, he just hasn't look, looked as good as he did last year. And that's just been the case all season long, even when he had really good numbers in the minors uh, before these, these blowups in the big leagues. And he's been kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit in the big leagues and some of those starts where I think one of them was like 90 plus degrees, the wind blowing out in Wrigley. And like, there was, you know, another like I think pretty tough matchup, uh, if I recall. So uh, Killian, I don't think he's as bad as his big league numbers, but, He also hasn't pitched as as well and hasn't looked as good as he did towards the end of last season. Uh, Dan, uh, do you have any good source for monitoring injuries in minor league baseball? And then he mentions Corbin Carroll. Uh, You know, you want to check on their MILB.com page, see if they're actually on the IL, which Corbin Carroll is. Uh, I usually do a bunch of Twitter searches and message people I know connected with the team, to try to figure out what the injury is, but uh, couldn't even track anything down on Corbin Carroll. He's been on the IL for like three or four days, and there's nothing out there on why he's on the IL, and he's the number one prospect in baseball. So that that tells you right there how hard it is to track down uh, injuries for for minor leaguers. Uh, you 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 might see um, you know MLB.com does a bunch of good articles at the very, you know, at the end of spring training where they say, which prospects are going to open the year on the IL Uh, baseball. America did a really good article about a month ago. I think that was Kyle Glazer just going org by org and, you know, saying which guys are hurt, which guys aren't. So that stuff's always useful, but when it's just a a random thing and there's no sort of article attached to it, sometimes you just never find out. Um, like Luis Matos was on the IL for, uh, or just stop playing for, for a long time. We can never really figure it out for at least a few weeks. Uh, M fest, uh, let's see. He wants to know about Brennan Davis. Like if you were already questioning the hit tool and he's hurt, uh, can you give a few reasonable examples of prospects you would try to flip him for? um, this is just not a, a good scenario to be trying to trade Brennan Davis of the Cubs. He's basically damaged goods at this point. Uh, you're not going to get anywhere close to fair value for him from like a talent standpoint, uh, given the fact that he's got a significant injury and he and he performed poorly before that. Uh, so I would I'd recommend holding. If you you know if you're dead set on cashing him out and just getting what you can for him right now. Uh, maybe try for like a Curtis Mead or a Spencer Steer type, but um, I think you you really gotta uh, hold him. I think that's that's the way to go there because he could he could rebound pretty easily. Like if we if you know we don't know how much that injury was affecting the play, uh, we could get to spring training next year and he could be the talk of Cubs camp, and then the the value's way back up. So I just I wouldn't want to trade him right now uh matt Sabron wants to know sebron uh, wants to know my thoughts on will benson uh, the guardians uh, former top 100 prospect i believe and uh, certainly a guy that had a lot of ups and downs on the top 400 i bet if you looked at his chart on his rotowire page it'd be pretty funny uh he notes the massive drop in k rate and the fact he's still walking a lot with the power and the speed Uh, Can things just click for prospects like this or drafted out of high school? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, His, his org mate, uh, Oscar Gonzalez, for instance, had been ranked for about as, as long as Benson. They both kind of went up and down and uh, both fell off the rankings. Now Gonzalez is, is actualizing those tools that made him so appealing in the first place and uh benson just turned 24 so i'm i'm pretty intrigued at what benson's doing i mean he was a guy that i always wanted to believe in i mean the swing and miss had always been there but uh like matt sites i think it's like 22 percent k rate for for benson right now triple <clears> a <throat> all right ross red k again a couple couple of guys kind of flying under the radar Uh, he said, uh, Eric Longenhagen at Fangraphs had a glowing report on Brandon fat and, uh, said, it sounds like stuff is ticked up is, is a bad home park hiding a rising arm. And then he said, the other one is Ian Lewis, super loud tools. What is keeping the industry from moving this guy up lists? Uh, you know, I've, I've moved Lewis up a little bit before the last update. I I, I love him. I think he's great. Um, that last update i think was right after he returned to game action after missing the start of the year Uh, i don't know if i would say lewis has super loud tools i would say he's just a really good athlete with a chance to develop super loud tools and then fat has been on a roll lately uh you know i I don't think you have to look that much under the, the behind the curtain to see that he's having a good season i mean the Fielding independent stats are really great. Uh, it's it's a lot less confusing with him than with, like, Dre Jamison and Ryan Nelson, who are at AAA. But, yeah, I think fat's definitely trending up. I would say he's uh, definitely top 200 prospect, you know, maybe top 150. And then Lewis Lewis is probably still just outside the top 100. I mean, he's, he's a ways away. We're still projecting some stuff, especially in the power department. Uh, AJ asks in a save plus hold league, uh, how much does that devalue closers? Does it impact elite closers? Uh, I think it makes it just so that you're basically trying to roster the best reliever you can, whether or not they're getting saves or not. And, um, like it makes the closers with mediocre ratios, much less valuable. Like your Gregory Soto's or like Corey Knable back before he lost that job. Uh, those guys are much less valuable. And then the setup men with elite ratios are much more valuable. So you're basically just trying to like, if I were ranking relievers for a league like that, I'd basically just rank them based on who I think the best relievers in baseball are. Uh, Ethan Sexton asked, uh, he said, I was super high on Royce Lewis pre-injury as he flew up to your rankings. Do you still feel pretty strong about him going forward or did the injury do anything to dampen his ascent? Uh, you know, I've I've thought a lot about Royce Lewis and just how to kind of value him. I think I, I fully believe in talent still. I believe he will make it all the way back. Like, I, I don't think this is a career ender. The one, the big fear I have with Lewis is just, <clears throat> is it, is he going to re-injure it? Like, once he makes it back, like, are we going to be, you know, Lewis is back to the big leagues. It's a great story. Next summer, um, maybe like a you know August or something, and everyone's all excited. And then, like three weeks later, does he you know re-injure it? Uh, because the play he injured it on, it you know it wasn't like it, it was it just wasn't the type of play where you would have expected a a knee injury. So, um. He's really tough to kind of figure out uh, on last week's pod. It was the Highlander uh, underdog keeper pod. And I mentioned how like Lewis was just locked into being my underdog there. It's basically got to be a guy he took in the 13th round of the startup or later. And I just couldn't pull the trigger on it because I would have been locked into him for three years after this. Um. But, I mean, I, I believe in the talent. I just think there's a ton of risk there um, for re-injury. So, she's got to be careful. Ira Aronin says, do, do I think the odds are good Miguel Vargas and or Michael Bush will be packaged in a trade before the deadline? The Dodgers have chosen not to bring Vargas up and get him experience for late season and playoffs. Uh, I mean, there's three months left in the season. They could still bring him up. Um, I I do not think the Dodgers are going to trade Miguel Vargas. They do not trade prospects as good as Miguel Vargas. Um, you know, if you look at like the best players the Dodgers have traded are uh, Jordan Alvarez and O'Neill Cruz. And they traded those guys when they were teenagers who were massive and probably any statistical model would tell you the odds of those guys becoming good big leaguers was really small. So Miguel Vargas, a guy with a hit tool like that who uh, plays the infield and is basically big league ready. Like that's just not a guy the Dodgers are trading. Um, maybe they trade Bush. uh at some point you do kind of run out of spots for these guys. So maybe they trade Bush, but again, like what are they trading for? Like they maybe need help in the bullpen. Um, Maybe they try to get uh, one of the reds starters or something like that. And, you know, in, in that case, if they're, if they're going after like Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas, I could see Bush being involved, but, I don't think Vargas is going anywhere. I'm actually very confident in that. And, you know, it would have to be someone would have to be getting traded that we have no ideas is is on, on the block right now for Vargas to be involved. And I, and I think we do see Vargas at some point in the, in the second half of the season. Uh, Pancake pending asks who I'm stashing at the complex league level. Um. You know, I've got Junior Caminero uh, with the Rays in a bunch of leagues. Uh, still a Victor Acosta and uh, Samuel Zavala in a few leagues. I think Gabriel Gonzalez with the the Mariners has been pretty impressive this year. The problem with complex stuff right now is it's just, you know, you, there's a lot of really handy leaderboards you can look at on fan graphs. Um, if you need me to point you in the direction of those just hit me up uh direct message me or something but you know you can see who's doing the best in these complex leagues and you can like filter out by like i just i'd recommend kind of eliminating the 19 year olds i'd recommend uh bypassing the guys that are striking out a ton uh and like not walking at all but uh, you can get a nice like list of guys who are just putting up crazy numbers in the complex leagues, but uh, there's still such a small sample that I could run that same search a week from now, and half those guys that were looking really good are not going to look as good. So uh, you really kind of got to be just churning if you're going after the guys that didn't have the, the pedigree coming into the year. Uh, Jason Erb says, do we anticipate... Any of these prospects coming off the shortstop position once in the majors? I've gone talent first, but if they all stick at shortstop, I'm in trouble. Uh, O'Neill, Cruz, Anthony Volpe, Jordan Lawler. I think those guys all stick at shortstop. Um, I've always thought Lawler would be a great center fielder, but he's not going to play there for, for Arizona. And then he said Jackson Trurio or Elvis Martinez, Khalil Watson, Abdel Amador. Uh, Jackson Trurio's is already playing center field. So you don't have to worry about him or Elvis Martinez is to me, a, a third baseman all the way. So I don't think you got to worry about him. Uh, Khalil Watson's a shortstop all the way, but I'd be more worried about just his performance as a hitter than where he ends up defensively. And then Amador you know, Amador is not going to unseat Ezekiel Tovar at shortstop. So I think he probably would end up somewhere else. Um, so I think you got, you got shortstops and Cruz, Volpe and Lawler. If that's a, uh, if that's a problem for you, then maybe you trade one of them, but I would not, I have, I have so much FOMO right now on O'Neill Cruz. I would not trade him. Uh, I mean, you'd, you'd have to be a godfather offer Lawler. I wouldn't trade either. So uh, maybe Volpe. All right, Gabriel Garcia. Uh, actually, got a couple of Jordan Walker questions. So, Gabriel Garcia says, uh, "With Arnado and Paul Goldschmidt locked in, does Jordan Walker profile and move to right field or more of a DH?" Um, and then he asks if I'm optimistic that he gets his game power. Uh, very optimistic he gets his game power. Guys like that don't not get to their game power unless they're Eric Hosmer. Um he could totally play right field. I mean, he's kind of tailor-made for right field and, um, yeah, I just wouldn't worry about that at all. Um, he's just, he's a blue chipper. They'll, they'll find a spot. Uh, it won't be third base. I don't think, you know, I do think Arnado is kind of locked in there. Um, but DH right field. I mean, they'll, they'll find a spot for him. It might be annoying. I mean, it could be like a, uh, Kyle Tucker type of thing where he's just not up when everyone thinks he's ready but I just wouldn't worry about that Jordan Walker's a total stud and then Robert Goldman uh, said he knows I'm high on Jordan Walker but do you not expect him until next year and then only upon injury Uh, yeah I mean Jordan Walker is not coming up this year I don't think that should be the expectation at all but I think he'll Whenever he is up, probably sometime next year, uh, he'll be up for good. All right, Jay Daniel said, "I just released uh, ji Juan Bay with the Pirates in a roster crunch. It's a competitive 12-team NL-only league. Should I pick him back up and release Cal Mitchell? We only have two minor league slots. Uh, that's a tough call. They're both they're both kind of blocked right now. Um, Bay's been on fire." just very different types of, of hitters like bay is kind of a john birdie type where it's just you're hoping for batting average runs and speed uh, Mitchell I think could be the whole package but obviously he didn't didn't do much in the majors so there's a lot of outfielders getting a shot in Pittsburgh right now I'd probably uh, let you know do you need an outfielder more do you need a infielder more that's probably how I would make that decision Derek McIntyre says, word is that Wilman Diaz is not progressing the way people had hoped, while Rain Doncone is gaining helium. What are your thoughts on these two Dodger complex league prospects and who would you prefer at this stage? Uh, I'd take I'd take Doncone at this point. That's D O N C O N. Diaz, yeah. He just been a slow start. I I mean, I'd want to be patient with him. Like if I had Diaz in a dynasty league, I wouldn't be, you know, just dropping him and grabbing some guy that's really performing well, unless it's just a really shallow league. But yeah, if I had to choose between those two, I'd probably take Donko. Music Miles, what do you think about the opportunity for Josver Zulueta to be a quick riser in the Jays system? There is a need for more arms at the major league level, and Zulueta might be good enough to take on at least a multi inning uh, relief role. Well, we're gonna find out pretty soon. I mean, he just got bumped up to double A. Uh, I don't think it'd be crazy if he was up this year. I mean, that'd be quite an ascent. Uh, I think he opened at low A, so <clears throat> that'd be crazy to go low A, high double A, triple A, big leagues. But he's, I think he's 24, so that wouldn't be crazy. Uh, I did want to mention, like, I'm, I'm pretty interested in Max Castillo right now with, uh, with the, the the Blue Jays. Um, He's someone that I've scooped up in a, in a lot of leagues. Uh, he made the Brewers look really silly the other day in long relief, and he was a starter in the minors. So I think he's a, a nice kind of under-the-radar ad in Dynasty Leagues right now. Uh, although he did, part of the reason he made the Brewers look bad is he got to face Keston here a couple times, but uh, did not go well for Keston uh castillo's got a really nice change up and he's got a okay slider um a lot of good movement on the fastball mid-90s fastball uh cody martin wants to know what my outlook is for alejandro zuna uh, with the uh rangers he asks if he is a potential top 100 guy if he keeps producing so I haven't seen Ozuna yet this year, but from, from what I understand, he, like the stats make him look like this power speed outfielder, uh, from what I understand, he's, he's not really, it's more just kind of about the hit tool and you can't, can't overreact to those, those low way stolen base totals. So I think he's more of a guy that, that debuts around like two fifty on the top 400, uh, Levi Palmer wanted to know if, uh, Christian Robinson is still a hold uh i mean he was he was never a must hold for me i think he's just a total wild card i mean everyone handles this stuff differently if you just want a boomer bust type of guy like that i mean he's he's fine i guess you could still hold him uh he's no longer getting to play an extended spring though because that's that's over so uh and he's not allowed to play in games where people Uh, can can pay to go to the games Uh, so i would i'd read the note on our site on him and i think the article that's linked there from nick picoro but uh just a total wild card christian robinson like if there's a good prospect out there who's performing that you want to grab and robinson's your best drop i wouldn't hold back on that Goods5119 says third base is absurdly sh- shallow at the bigs and at the prospect level, and I've been chasing it for years in Dynasty. He wants to know if Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, or Ellie De La Cruz would be my priority. And then, secondly, which shortstop prospects are likely to move to third base before getting to the bigs? Uh, I would rank those De La Cruz. Beatty, Vientos, um, De La Cruz, not a lock to move to third, but probably he's already playing some third. So that's usually where a guy ends up. If, if they're not playing every day, it shorts up anymore. Um, so yeah, De La Cruz, Beatty, Vientos, Uh, you know, in terms of guys that are currently shortstops who might move to third base, um, you know, the Toronto guys like Elvis Martinez, uh, Jordan Groshans, although he might be more second base. Um, Brady House, maybe, although I, that's probably 50-50. Uh, Gunnar Henderson might, might uh, at least qualify at third base. He might not play third base exclusively, but um, he might qualify there. Uh, Noel V. Marte comes to mind. I mean, Gunnar Henderson, good luck trying to trade for him right now. But, um, you know, you might be able to buy low on – uh, Josh Young with the Rangers, uh, or Zach Galoff with the A's, since they're both hurt. I like those guys a lot, and they're definitely third baseman. Uh, Matt Mountain, uh, what do you make of Caleb Killian's initial MLB appearances? Uh, would you cut him? He's in an NL only with seven minor spots. Would you cut him for someone in the Mason Wynn Vaughn Grissom, Brandon Williamson, uh Gordon Grisefo tier. Uh I'd definitely cut him for Win. I'd, I'd take I'd take Mason Win over him for sure. Um Mason Win's probably top 50 prospect at least. And then uh, I'd probably take I'd probably take Von Grissom over Caleb Killian. Uh but you know, there's there's issues with Killian as I touched on earlier, but Brandon Williamson and Graceffo like they're not they're not just like surefire studs so uh, I think uh, I think I think I'd hold Killian over those guys Uh, Kale Loken said is our Nick Nestrini and Jose Ramos big movers for you on your next update Uh, we'll see I mean Nestrini he's probably gonna make a half dozen more starts before my next update so We'll see if he's dialed back the walks. I mean, he's missing bats at a, at a pretty crazy clip right now, though, but he's he's pretty old for his level. And then Jose Ramos is just kind of doing what he does. I, I don't really – I mean, the strikeouts are still there. power's still there. I think he, he might move up a little bit, but I don't think he can move up a ton. Um, then last question uh, from Bobby Baseball. Uh, Cardinals prospect Moises Gomez destroyed double-A. He just moved up to AAA. Is he interesting for Dynasty or was it a mirage? I mean, I to me, it's, you know, it's Quad A City with Moises Gomez, but um, there's something about what the Cardinals are doing right now. I need to have a, a Cardinals prospects es- expert on the show, but um, they just have a ton of guys. Like, everyone in their system is just performing like crazy this year um it's almost like it's something you'd kind of expect from like the Giants or the Dodgers or something but uh the Cardinals it seems like every hitter they have is is producing and you know even like Nolan Gorman the super high strikeout rate but he's producing so i don't want to say like gomez is just it's a total mirage because you know maybe there's maybe there's something that's clicking there that i just can't really see in in the numbers or in the just the video that i have access to but i think it's more much more likely than not that it's just a mirage and then the other issue is just where's this guy going to play like the card that we just talked about where's where's jordan walker going to play um you know moises gomez isn't if if jordan walker doesn't have where to play moises gomez definitely doesn't have anywhere to play and they still have like They still have like four big league outfielders. I think Lars Newtbar is interesting. Uh, So I just, I don't think there's anywhere for him to play. Um, So we might never find out if it was a Mirage or not. All right. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode of the uh, Wednesday Mailbag episode of of June. And I'll be back with you next week with a guest. Uh, Thanks for tuning in.